Sean, what's up? How's it going, man? Doing good, doing good. What's, you ready to do the show tonight? Let's get this taken care of. Let's do it, bro. Let's get it going. The, the Sean and Allen show, bro. 30 minutes of nothing but sports talk right here on 8-Bit Barstool and Off the Meds Radio with Al Topic. You know, Al, and Alan, and Alan covers all the topics, so I'm ready. Let's, let's go. Whenever you're ready, bro, let's get it going. All right. Let's see here. Um, let's start off with NBA All-Star Weekend. We've had plenty of time to recuperate from everything that happened, especially the botched National Anthem by Fergie. A lot of people are uh, saying don't don't diss her. People are saying, you know, she did fine. Al Topic, your thoughts. <laughs> on, the, on the Marilyn Monroe uh, rendition of uh, the National Anthem? There you go. It was... She, it sounded like she was trying to be like sexy with it. It was, I I, I can't even fathom what, what was she thinking. What I I don't I, I don't even know what I mean. Especially what's going on with the national anthem this year in a whole. You don't come out and try to do that. You just come out and you sing the damn national anthem. That's what I was thinking. I mean, I felt like there's enough me, songs with the national anthem this year. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, with me, uh, I also found it to a point that she made it kind of sound a little too sexy. She can't, she didn't sing from the heart. Like you'd normally hear it from other artists, whether it be from in the Super Bowl, the MLB, the world series, you know, uh, NBA, for instance, um, hockey, anywhere, any major sport, you always hear an artist sing from the heart. And with Fergie, you did not hear that. Uh, you, you you even saw the NBA players that were sitting there laughing. Draymond Green, yeah. I mean, that right there shows enough that if the NBA players are laughing about it while she's still singing it, you know for a fact, for a fact, that it, it was not exactly what she needed. That's not what she needed to be doing. Definitely agree with you there. I definitely agree with you there, man. She, she definitely botched that whole thing up. And right now, she was a laughing stock of America. So let's see. Um, sticking with NBA in the All Star Game, what were your thoughts overall? Well, I think the the three point contest and the dunk dunk contest. I think it's crazy how the. The now the three point contest is scouting so bad that they need to have a full money rack, a full money ball rack. Back in the day, Larry Bird wouldn't need, didn't need one money ball rack to shoot, you know, to win the three point contest. Right. He just do it with the balls. No money, no money racks, no points, no ten point. Larry Bird shot. Reggie Miller shot the ball. Ray Allen just shot the ball. I was very, I'm very over. The, the skills competitions of the NBA All-Star Weekend. Yeah, that's... Um, the, the dunk contest, I think these old school players, I think LeBron, Kevin Durant, I feel like these guys need to get involved because they're, they're, the, they're really the reason why people watch the NBA to begin with. Exactly. Why, why doesn't the All-Stars, the All-Stars, 
you know, do it. Back in the day, you know, Jordan did it. Dominic Wilkins did it. Vince Carter did it. Kobe did it. What was your thoughts? I'm the same way with the three-point contest. Um, I really don't think that there needs to be a full-rack money ball. Um, like you were saying, Larry Bird, Reggie Miller, uh, Ray Allen, Paul Pierce, you know, you got, you have all those guys. And they, they didn't need that full-rack money ball. Um, the dunk contest, I agree with you on the LeBron. Um, you know, you had Kobe back in the day. You have uh, where? Uh, who else is it? Um, Kevin Durant. I mean, you you've got you've got big names. I mean, exactly. I mean, you got big names. You got big names that you can put on this All Star game. It's not going to hurt, you know, their career. It's not going to hurt their name. Put them out there. Give the fans a show that they actually paid to see. That people turn on their TV to watch. You know, you you put those main guys out there that they know they can dunk. They're gonna tear that freaking. They're gonna tear that rim right off that backboard, and you know they can. But then you're gonna turn around and you're gonna put in other players that the. You know, dunking over Kevin Hart. Come on. Exactly. I mean. I just don't I, – I wasn't too fond of the NBA All-Star Weekend this year as I as much as I was last year. Okay. Um, last year was, to me, seemed a little bit better. Uh, this year just seemed a little bit overwhelming. Um, but, yeah, that, that's my take. Uh, I just wish it could have been a little bit – a, a little bit more starish, as you would want to call it. More stars, actually, you know, like being in the NBA All-Star game. You know, you got your three-point shot, get your stars in there. You got your dunk contest, get your dunkers in there. Uh, I mean, that, that's the way that it should should be, period. I, I agree with you totally. Now, on the topic of the, uh, the All-Star game itself, Sean, what do you think about that? Um, who was it? Team LeBron and Team Steph. Uh, yes, Team Steph. Okay. You know, overall with the All Stars, I mean, you get this every. It's almost to me like a Pro Bowl in the NFL where people don't really like to watch the Pro Bowl. I mean, I love to watch it. I mean, it's football. It's a sport. NBA All-Stars. I love to watch it. It's a sport. Um, to me, I don't know if they should do that. I, I think they should stick with, you know, three-point three point shots, uh, three-point contests. Uh, the dunk contest, I think they should stick with that. Uh, it, it just seems like you're watching a game of uh, well, what's up, the, the Globetrotter, Harlem Globetrotters. Gotcha, I gotcha. I mean, that that's what it seems like to me. Um, overall, I, I'm like I said, it's a sport. I watch sports, and I will I will watch it every year. But I mean, 
but yeah, I mean that that's that's me. Right. I'll tell you my take in a second. Sure. So, but yeah, yeah, you're you're on with that one. Uh, all right. So my take was, I definitely think it was the All Star Game itself was better than last year and previous years because of the fact that these guys actually played defense. There were bodies flowing on the floor. There were blocking shots. I mean, the last play of the game came down to a defensive stand when Kevin Durant and LeBron James played absolutely great defense on Steph Curry, make sure he can get a three-point three tying shot off, you know? Yeah. I feel like they definitely wanted to win. And my big thing was, which I was very happy about, was that they get the, they got the winning team got $350,000, which they put to a charity. The losing team got $100,000 that they gave to a charity, which I think is awesome. You know, at least they they played for something and the money went to a good cause. Yeah. I de- like I said, I definitely like the fact that they went to the uh, NBA, that the NBA went to this format. I know it's a little show, you know, still showcasing. I did like the fact that it wasn't East versus West because then it gets played out. Like the NFL did that too. Remember what the, uh, they drafted the players for each team. Yeah. So I do think it's a little bit of change, but I think next year they need to have the draft on TV, and these we need to see like their reactions when they be, when they become part of the team. You know, right? I was definitely impressed with the fact that there was defense because there's never like in the Pro Bowl there's never defense, right? In the NBA there's never it's you last year the game was like one ninety one to one seventy or something. I mean, yeah. If you bet the over on that game, you're doing great. <laughs> I mean, my friend, a buddy of mine, bet the over this year, and he got he got screwed. He didn't he didn't make his bet, and that's the first time this happened in a long time. Well, now that we've got the All Star game covered, um, sticking with NBA, Mark Cuban and the Dallas Mavericks. Mm. Uh-huh. Um, you've heard the stories behind this. The tanking. Uh, what was that? The tanking, right? The tanking on also the tanking, but not only the tanking, but at the same. What also what I'm wanting to discuss is the sexual harassment charges. I don't know if you've heard about that. Oh, from the old uh, was the domestic no, the domestic violent violence incidents. Um, but Mark Cuban has nothing to do with this, according to him. Right, this is behind the scenes, right? This is like... Uh, right. Well, guess what? If it's your, it's your, it's your company, he definitely, uh, it definitely has something to do with him because he hires the guys. Says he's to blame for keeping former employee after domestic violence incidents. That, I think that he's... Mark Cuban says that. That's who said that? Mark Cuban says he's to blame for keeping former employee after domestic violence incidents. Okay, then he then he needs uh, at least he's admitting that he was the fault at fault, and I think that's a good thing, especially during these days and times. I mean, it's you know it's becoming a really bad thing in the world, domestic violence. You know, and then you talk about the tanking. Um, obviously, you know. He was fined $600,000 by the league um, for the tanking talk to just go ahead and basically tell the Mavericks to lose out the rest of the season. 
it'd be best for them to lose for the rest of the 2017-2018 season. That's in the, that, to me, personally, that's, as a fan, if that my team did that, as I'm a Heat fan, if my team did that, I would feel like that's a slap in the face. Yeah. Because I pay good money to go watch your games and your product, and I feel like you're not giving me the best chance to watch a winning product on the, on the court or whatnot. You know, don't get me wrong, Cuban is rich. He, he's got the money. But the fact of the matter is you don't tell your team, like you said, you, you're a paying customer. You're going to go out and you're going to see these games. You're a Heat fan. You go out to Miami and you see these guys not playing up to their level that you know they're capable of playing. Um, that, that goes the same for Dallas Mavericks. You know, they, they got a caliber team that has a chance of winning, but when you know you're not seeing them play their full potential, you know for a fact there's something up. And then this story pops up with Mark Cuban saying, basically, go ahead, lose the rest of the season, forget about it. We'll go into next season completely. It's going to be completely different. You know, it, it could come to a point to where Dallas is going to get used to this losing streak and just continue in the 2018-2019 season. I personally would say for Mark Cuban, let your players play it out. If they lose, they lose. If they win, they win. Don't go off and you tell your team, especially to lose with paying customers that are going to walk into that arena of Dallas, of the Dallas Mavericks and expect their team to play the way they know their team to play. That goes the same with your heat. If the, if the roles were reversed and you saw this in Miami, I'm sure you being a paying customer, you going in to watching the Miami heat play, you wouldn't be happy at all. Cause no. you could tell there's something up. I mean, you could tell there's something up. Yeah, I definitely would not be happy at all about this situation. And I can't believe all people, Mark Cuban, who is so used to win, who has taken over that team in years and has done a great job taking over that team. I mean, he won a title off of our backs, you know. He beat the Miami Heat at, by with a great, I mean, underdog team. That team was not supposed to beat the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat weren't supposed to, yeah. They weren't supposed to beat the Miami Heat. You get what I'm saying? Then they were not supposed to beat the Heat. That the Heat were LeBron, Dwayne, and Bosch. We had the uh, the dream team, you know. So with Dirk Nowinski and everything, you would think that I feel bad for Dirk Nowinski, you know. And you know that, that that's another thing. You've got big names over there in Dallas, um, Dirk Nowinski. He, you know, it's also said that with this whole Sports Illustrated investigation, um, that he he's calling the allegations truly, truly disgusting. Um, he he's disappointed basically, and that it's tough. You know, the, this whole situation for him is tough. Because of the whole allegations, uh, like I said, you've got big names over there in Dallas. 
like Dirk, who's been there since so basically since day one of his drafting career. I mean, with Dirk, um, to have all this stuff come out, you know, it's got to be disappointing as a player, but also disappointing as a fan to hear these type of allegations, all this type of stuff going on. And it, in the long run, it's going to show. Your fan base is definitely he's going to lose part of his fan base. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you want to stick with NBA unless you got something else to add in on it. Um, uh, um, let's see. Nah, NBA has been quiet because you know there's nothing really going on right now. The only, you know everything is on hold until I think tonight or tomorrow when games start back up. Pretty much, we've covered the NBA at this point. Yeah, I think the the biggest talk was uh, the Dallas Mavericks. And then, you know, even though we're almost a week out from uh, the All-Star game, that, um, you know, obviously that's something we had to talk about. And I say let's go ahead and move on right from NBA. And... Uh, Let's talk about your good old Dolphins. Go right ahead. I'm ready for that one. Franchise tag on receiver Jarvis Landry. Oh, man. Okay. As a Miami Dolphin fan, which is hard sometimes, I got to say honestly that Jarvis Landry, he's a good player, man. He's a good player. Don't get me wrong. But he's a slot receiver. And... Sometimes this guy makes a great play and then gets an unsportsmanlike conduct that costs us 15 yards. Or he makes the worst play possible at the wrong time. We could be driving down the field and he'll get mad. He'll throw a ball at the ref or he'll throw a ball at the player or he'll do something stupid. And next thing you know, we're back 15 yards. It happened at the end of the year this year with the Dolphins playing the Bills. He, it's so hard because he's such a great talent. He, he's a possession receiver. He... He won't get you the big play, but he'll get you the first down. So, I mean, we I'm so torn about this one. I'm so torn because I just don't know where to go with it. I just don't. I, uh, I'm trying to be positive because I want to see the Dolphins do right. I know this year was a lost year with Jay Cutler as quarterback. That, that guy <laughs> is horrible. He is so bad. And his attitude, I think, just put a muck on this team this year. It just ran a muck. And uh, I don't know, man. I hope Tannehill comes back strong. I am hearing more rumblings that the Dolphins are meeting with Baker Mayfield before the draft. That would be nice for you guys. What happened? I said that would be nice for you guys to go ahead and get with Baker Mayfield. Yes, because at least he can sit behind Tannehill for a year and learn. That guy, he seems to be like he really wants to win, and he's passionate. Not saying that Ryan Tannehill is not passionate. But I think Ryan Tannehill's reached what he's going to reach. I don't think he's going to take us to the next level. Well, also with Jarvis, you know, he led the NFL last year with 112 receptions, the most in NFL history, but did not eclipse 1,000 yards with 112 receptions. To me, 
if you're going to have 112 receptions, you better have at least a 1,500-yard, you know, season. Oh, probably 200 of those yards are taken back by penalties, that's for sure. He had uh, a little over 900 receiving yards and nine touchdowns to cap off his uh, season last year. Um, but when you lead the NFL with 112 receptions, like I said, you better you better look at you know having well over a thousand yards. Don't get me wrong, you had Jay Cutler and yeah, Jarvis is a slot receiver. And uh, but when you look at it, you you get you get someone in Jarvis Landry. I mean Landry, he's young. He's young, sometimes yet stupid, and. But but the guy he knows how to play. He knows how to play the game. Oh, definitely right about that. He definitely knows how to play the game, and he's a tough. He doesn't get injured. Right. I mean, you you don't have to ever worry about him getting injured, and if he does, it's very minor. It's nothing major. So that's another plus for you guys. Let alone just Dolphins fans. Period. Exactly, and hopefully. I mean, at this point, he's going to be getting paid. And if somebody decides that they want him, hey, you got to pay the price for him. I think it's the first exactly. matter of fact. Yeah. And let's see. We've got Adam Minitari re-signing with the Colts for a 23rd NFL season. Um, I thought the guy was going to retire. Who did you um, second, who'd you say? Adam Vinatieri, oh. re-signing with the Colts for a 23rd season. 46 years old. I missed my calling, Sean. <laughs> 46 years old and kicking. I mean, I just his one-year deal is worth 3.6 million, one million to sign. And two point six million base salary. I, I just—he's only fifty-eight points shy of passing the Hall of Famer. Uh, who was it? Morton Anderson. Well, <coughs> well, fifty-eight points is going to be easy for him this year if the Colts can actually get into the end zone. Well, they're saying Andrew Luck's going to be back this year. They got a new coach, finally. So hopefully with a new coach and hopefully Andrew Luck comes back, they could get something going, you know? I'm really hoping so. And then sticking with the Colts, uh, they plan to induct Reggie Wayne into the ring of honor next season. Hey, as a... That's funny you said that because a friend of mine was in Reggie Wayne's neighborhood yesterday, believe it or not. And the guy lives in the upstanding neighborhood, a very beautiful neighborhood. So I just that's on my mind because my friend just told me about it yesterday. And he and Reggie Wayne totally deserves it, man. That guy was a class class act for the most part act. He never really got in trouble. He's from the University of Miami, so he's been so I've known about Reggie Wayne for years and years and years. Great player, man. Peyton, Man- Peyton Manning really, you know, 
knew how to throw the ball to him. Knew, they all had a connection. That's exactly. I mean, you also had uh, you also had you know Marvin Harrison at the time, right? A senior, the senior wide receiver of that team, and to have Reggie Wayne come in up, up under Marvin Harrison's belt, um, that that was probably the best thing for Reggie Wayne to be with one of the best wide receivers out there and, you know, to be able to teach Reggie Wayne what he needed to know. And Marvin Harrison's the guy to do that. Oh, oh yeah. Marvin Harrison, very good guy. They're quiet. See, the one thing you could say about that, that generation and that team, and they were quiet. They got the job done. I mean, they got one Super Bowl, you know, when they beat, uh, they beat the Bears that year, yes. They beat the Chicago Bears down here in Miami. They beat the Bears down here in Miami. Miami uh, the Bears had the quarterback of Rex Grossman, if you remember Rex Grossman. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, they had a, um, they had a good team. You know, they were great players, man. That that's, Well, if you have Peyton Manning in your team, even the old Peyton Manning won the Super Bowl with great players around him, man. He just – he makes your team better in general. And then to have, you know, great receivers like that, Reggie Wayne, Marvin Harrison, your running back, you know, uh, what's his name? Oh, Edron, Edron James. I yeah. mean, it was just a great thing. It was just, you know, that team was great. I mean, every unfortunately, like the Dolphins and everyone else, they had the Patriots in their way every time. You know, Peyton Manning, it took Peyton Manning a long time to get past that barrier. It was kind of like Michael Jordan in the NBA. You just it, you couldn't get past them to win a championship. You just it, you just have these guys, man, that come at, like Tom Brady and Michael Jordan. Like I call them the same guy because it's a, it's so hard to get past these guys. Bill Belichick is Phil Jackson. You get you understand what I'm saying? Exactly. So it was definitely a tough thing, but yes, I believe Reggie Wayne deserves it for sure. Uh, he will also be taking that. He's going to be the fifteenth Colt to be in inducted into the Ring of Honor, uh, or whatever that was. I forgot what it was, but he'll be in there with the likes of Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, Jeff Saturday. You know, basically, the people that you knew ten years ago are in there now. Uh, Reggie Wayne, he, he's, how do I say this? He wasn't your, the guy that was on, he wasn't always on the news. You know, he, like you said, he was quiet, uh, quiet being by, you, you're not going to hear him in a DWI accident, DUI accident, uh, you know, whatever. You're not going to hear that about Reggie Wayne. Um, Being under someone like, who was their coach back then? Um, It's on the tip of my tongue. Um, Marv, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Tony Dungy. Uh, Being under someone like Tony Dungy, uh, full of grace, you know, puts you know puts his faith in God when you have a coach like that and then you pass it down to your players you know you got something good in them 
and Reggie Wayne was that person. Uh, it, well, it wasn't just Reggie Wayne. You also had Peyton Manning, Marvin Harrison, Jeff Saturday. They were all up under Tony Dungy. And, you know, that, that, that's what you need in a player-coach relationship. Exactly. And, you know, being with Tony Dungy, you're going to have that. And, I mean, my, you know, by all means, he deserves it probably more than anybody right now. He played his ass off year in, year out. Um, and, and it's good for him. I'm happy for him. He, need, he needs to get in there. Uh, definitely, without a doubt, needs to get in there for sure. I totally agree with you. So now, now that we've been talking about uh, NFL, um, Baker Mayfield, Johnny Manziel, the comparisons. Uh, Johnny Manziel says that Baker Mayfield can learn from what he did wrong. I completely agree with that. Um, if Baker Mayfield can look back on how Manziel's NFL career went, then in the long run, I feel that Baker Mayfield is going to be that person that Johnny Manziel could have been. I agree with you. I agree with you. And, you know, you know, Johnny Manziel came out and said he was battling depression and whatnot. And I could definitely say I'm a depression survivor. I'm, I've got a little depression and everything. So I understand what he, Johnny Manziel was saying. I didn't go to the extremes that he did, and I didn't have the money he did to spend the kind of money he did and to self-destruct like he did. But, you, I mean, understanding Johnny Manziel's, you know, what, what he's gone through, yes. And I think he can, Baker Mayfield definitely could learn. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's totally in that class of what Johnny Manziel has done, you know? Yeah. I definitely think that... Baker Mayfield's going to be okay. And if he comes to the Dolphins, he's got a coach that loves his play. He loves that kind of guy. Adam Gase is a total Baker Mayfield kind of guy. And he's a quarterback guru. Supposedly quarterback guru. He didn't do much with Jake Cutler this year. Yeah, and you see, that's the thing. With Manziel, he was self-medicating with alcohol. Um, he, you know, he would post on social media damn near every single night of him having alcohol, different girls. You know, the guy was a role model to a lot of people when he was in college, being the first freshman to win the Heisman. And then you go off to the NFL, yeah. and you had kids that were in the high school, that, that was in high school at the time. They were in high school. You know, he was the definition of – star quarterback material. And when you go around and you're, you're sitting there smoking weed, you're sitting there drinking like no other, you're posting videos on social media, you're getting your name out there in the wrong way. You didn't see the likes of Peyton Manning. You didn't see the likes of Tom Brady or anybody out there for that matter. Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, uh, Ryan Tannehill, you, you didn't see those big names go the way, the route that Johnny Manziel did. Don't get me wrong. I think he left college way too damn early. He shouldn't have never left whenever he won that Heisman. But the fact of the matter is, at the same time, that's not how you get your name out there. You don't post on social media 
and expect, you know, good circumstances to come out of that. It's just not going to happen. Baker Mayfield, he's going to turn around and he's going to realize what Manziel did and he's not going to make those same mistakes. But he better, he better stick to a, you know, to a subpar level of social media interactions of what he does and on and off of the field. Oh, definitely for sure. Definitely for sure. And, you know, talking about Johnny Manziel, what do you think about his XFL comeback? Do you want to go into the XFL period, or do you just want to talk Manziel going to XFL? Manziel going to the XFL. Okay. My eyes, according to Vince McMahon, this is going to be the type of players that are not going to, if you have a DWI, DUI, anything like that, you're not going to play. Um, if you have a bad past, you're not going to play. Manziel is going to get damn lucky to get into the XFL and be able to play quarterback, period. And when when Manziel goes, if he does go to the XFL, I think it would be good for him. It would be a new start for him. And maybe possibly to a point to where, you know, Manziel is going to be able to go back to the NFL and play. And, you know, this almost goes as far as the Colin Kaepernick. Colin Kaepernick should be able to go out and play in the XFL, turn around, make a damn good name for himself back in the XFL, and then go back to the NFL. He's got the potential to lead a team to at least a playoff spot or something, both Manziel and Kaepernick. But Manziel, he, he needs to find himself and he needs to find the game of football again before he even decides to step foot back into an NFL locker room, let alone on an NFL field. I agree. That's my I, And I agree with you totally on that one. He needs to find himself and get his health, his mental health and his physical health better. I totally agree. Because like I said, you know, it, it has to do with the NFL – he, he wants to make a name for himself in the NFL, and he did in the wrong way. He wants to go to the XFL. He can make his name for himself, but this time in the right way, in a positive way, turn back around. You go over to the NFL, whatever team gets you. Because when he went to the Browns, I think that's where a lot of this, this you know, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram – this is where you found that Johnny Manziel, the one that nobody really wanted to see. It seems like whenever you get to the Browns, they bring oh, you down. The Browns, uh, I mean, the black cloud over the NFL. Exactly. Oh, that, they just close that franchise down, move them out of the league, put them in the XFL. <laughs> exactly. Put them in the XFL, put them in the London League, you know, put, a, put them somewhere that's not in the NFL. It seems like no matter who goes over there, they're going to end up sitting there bringing down the top draft picks. And, and you see, that's what I'm saying. You know, you got top draft picks. You got another quarterback possibly going to the Browns this year. And knowing the fact that the draft combine is coming up at the beginning of March, which a lot of people are excited to see. I personally am one of those guys that, can't wait for the draft combine. I can't wait to see what quarterbacks are going to be out. 
I can't wait to see what running backs, defensive linemen, you know, you've got a list that goes on and on and on that are the, the players are freaking they're stacked this year. I love I love the draft class this year. What do you think your Chargers need? <clears throat> I need a quarterback. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Phillip Rivers. No, 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 no. Hear me out okay, on this. Phillip Rivers is hitting his mark. I mean, you've got young receivers like Keenan Allen, uh, Travis Benjamin. You've got young receivers. And with those young receivers – Obviously, you have a seasoned quarterback like Phillip Rivers. But at the same time, think about, you know, Phillip Rivers has had his moments. And, you know, the thing is, is that he's had the players to do it. He's had the coaches to do it. Marty Schottenheimer was one of those coaches, but that was basically at the beginning of Phillip Rivers' career. Um, I wouldn't mind to have a backup quarterback. Maybe, okay, give me a third round draft pick quarterback, and I'll be happy. Put him under Philip Rivers. Give him about two years, and if the Chargers don't do anything, trade off Philip Rivers because you've got someone that's been training under up under Philip Rivers for what two years, going on to his third year. Let him make a name for himself. Jimmy Garoppolo is a damn good, you know, he's. He's a damn good example of exactly what you have in a quarterback that is under someone, you know, seasoned veteran like Tom Brady. You give me a third-round pick of a quarterback, and, you know, I'll be good. But as far as first-round draft, I'll take a defensive lineman. But even though I've got Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram on both sides of that defensive line, fine, go ahead. Give me an outside linebacker. Give me a cornerback. I just need – I wouldn't mind to see somewhere on defense, maybe in the secondary. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds like a good plan. Now, obviously, you guys know that you're going to need a quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, he's he's there. Injury prone. Baker Mayfield. You've got a competition. Who do you start? And, you know, we, we talked about the Eagles and Nick Foles and Carson Wentz. You say start the younger player. You've got a young player in Ryan Tannehill. You've got a young player in Baker Mayfield. Say the Dolphins get Baker Mayfield. What do you do then? Well, this is going to be Adam Gase's third year. So, you know, usually on your third year, you have to start – you have to do something. Now, his first year he made the playoffs, which was a great thing for us as fans. But now – you have to make the playoffs. Now, they're, I think they're going to go with Ryan Tannehill to start because he's investing in all, There's a lot of money invested in Ryan Tannehill. Now, I think if we're losing by week or week seven, I think if we draft him, a Baker Mayfield on that field, playing quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, starting quarterback. I, I would like, I, I mean, as a fan, I would, of course, I want to see my team winning. But, but I also want to see the future. Because I don't think Ryan Tannehill has the future. Down here, we call him the 20-yard box player because his passes are usually in the 20-yard box. He can't, he can't open up the field for us. 
Okay, so uh, you and me, we called each other before this whole segment. Talked about Louisville. Right. Uh, not Louisville, but uh, a Louisiana college. I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, a lawsuit has been thrown for, I believe it was, well, the thing is, is Louisiana refused to approve a football coach's hiring because of what he called the applicants. He called it Jewish blood. They did not hire a coach because of Jewish blood. Um, I don't really know what the whole point of not hiring a coach because you have Jewish blood running through your veins. Uh, I'm a quarter Japanese. I've got Japanese blood running through my veins. I'm Jewish. Uh, I got Jewish blood. Right? I'm Jewish. I got Jewish blood running through my veins. So- I mean, they, they didn't give. They they didn't even give the guy a shot. Um. I don't really know. I don't think it really. My take on this, it doesn't matter what blood you have running through your veins. The fact is, if you can coach, you can coach. Simple as that. You put someone out there on a coaching field and he succeeds. It doesn't matter what blood you have running through your veins. It's the knowledge, baby. It's just about the knowledge. It's the same color. Everybody bleeds the same color. And it's that crimson red. It doesn't matter what what heritage you have running through there, but if you can coach and you're damn good at it, I, I don't really see a I don't see a point behind it. I see no point either. I, I agree with you one hundred percent. But like I was saying, you know, we called each other before the segment. He had something on Louisville. What what news have you got on Louisville? Louisville was stripped of their national title due to uh, coaches having, having strippers perform sexual acts on players and trying to lure kids in and recruit kids and all kinds of recruiting uh, recruiting violations. Now here's my take on it. How? Why are you gonna? Why are you gonna take away a national title? The kid. W- once again, it comes. This comes down to the kid. This is. It's not the kid's fault. They're kids. They're still. They're just coming out of high school. Hey, hate to say it, but if I was being recruited by a college and they, you know, was offered to have some kind of sexual, uh, you know, thing mm-hmm. for me to come in, the, guess what? I'm a man. I'm a straight man. I'm gonna, you know. I'm going to go with it because I'm just coming out of high school. You, I, Basically, if the opportunity's out there, you're going to take course. it. Yeah. Of course. And you can't blame the kids. So now the kids who these colleges and the NCAA makes millions and millions of dollars on, but don't pay the players. Don't, don't give them a dollar for a burger because they'll be kicked out of school. You're telling me you're going to take away what grown adults did. I find that totally ludicrous and wrong. I mean, I feel the exact same way. Um, 
I don't really think it was the kid's fault. Uh, I mean, you you got kids that are fresh out of high school coming into college, playing for uh, playing for Louisville, who both you know they don't they don't just have a good football team. They got good basketball. They got good baseball. Um, Louisville. Uh, like you said, it's not the kid's fault. These are grown adults. They know what happened. And they're they're basically basically pun- going to punish the entire school for it. Totally right. I think you go uh, after the coaches. Go after the salaries. Yeah. How about that? Yeah, you, you, you go after the – you go after the p- people that were involved with the – you know, once kids at the time, now adults, you go after the coaches that were involved. After you do that, that's when you go to the players. Right, exactly. But you, like I said, the players half the players are already gone. This is this exactly from 2015. It is now 2018, going into March Madness. And you see that, that that's what I'm reading now is that Louisville would have to vacate its wins from 2011 to 2015. I mean, you're looking seven years ago. You're looking at seven years ago to 2011. You know, and they're, they're upholding the ruling that Louisville would have to vacate its wins from 2011 to 2015 including its 2013 title and its 2012 Final Four appearance. I don't, like you said, go after the coaches first, then go after the players and see what story what story matches a little bit more. I don't, I don't see the fact that the kids these days are getting punished for what happened, you know, what's happening seven years ago. I don't think the kids really need to be punished for this. I think they need to rip that tattoo. Have you seen a tattoo that Rick Patino had? Yes, I did. I think they should push that guy to have it removed, though. That's for sure. <laughs> First of all, look, a horrible tattoo. That might have been the worst tattoo I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Looks like it was done in jail. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's probably where it was done. <laughs> that's, where the, that's where that man deserves to be. <laughs> uh, so, there's some college football national title bets going on. They're, they're already putting it out there. Um and the Washington Huskies have a 20, 20 to 1 odd to win the 2018 national title. Uh, obviously, you know, Alabama's going to be in there. Um, in your eyes, who do you see having the best odds of going to the national title game, and possibly a repeat for Alabama. Who knows? Um, you, can bet that. you can never bet Nick Satan out. See, that that's 
that's where I get to. But then you have someone like, uh, what is Kirby Smart of Georgia? The guy rolled whenever it came to recruiting this year. He was on top. Kirby Smart in Georgia, watch out. I'm telling you now, watch out. What you want to do? I mean, I'm in the SEC. I'm a Razorback fan, unfortunately. Um, I live in Arkansas. Obviously, I'm going to support my Razorbacks. I don't see them going very far, uh, even with a new coach. Uh, Brett Bielema was a joke. I don't really – I don't really give a damn about Brett Bielema. I mean, like I said, I mean, obviously a lot of people on here on Anchor have heard that I'm in construction. I helped with Brett Bielema's house that he was living in up here in Arkansas. Um, I would have to say watch out Nick Saban because Kirby Smart's coming. I mean, you seen, you saw the Georgia Alabama game. Yes, I did. National title game. The game was amazing. Great game. Great um, game. I mean, you go into overtime, you're not expecting Alabama to pull off something the way they did, and you you get someone like Georgia, who doesn't get very much national recognition. Um, but I'm going to tell you now, like I said, watch out for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs next year. Because I guarantee you they're going to make a run and they're going to do it hard and tough. I agree with you. Uh, Georgia, let me tell you, Kirby Smart's recruiting those big boys that like Alabama likes to do. But Alabama's got that quarterback, man, that took that team to a win. And I got Nick Saban. With that guy, with the balls on that guy, as much as, as being a Dolphin fan, hate the guy for what he did to my Dolphins for some of the years leaving us. To put a freshman quarterback in like that who hasn't played a snap pretty much all year, but garbage time, it was pretty a pretty awesome decision to do that. And, you know? I, I'll agree with you there. Putting in a freshman quarterback um... – Away from Jalen Hurts, you you put him in there, and you know a lot of people threw a fit at the time, but then everybody praised God on him because he threw that winning touchdown. Um, after he threw that winning touchdown, everybody praised him. They didn't praise him that much whenever it came to putting him in the game and taking out Jalen Hurts. A lot of people were upset about it. Right, exactly. But, hey, got you a win. It did give them that W, and it took home that national title yet again. I believe it's a sixth one for Saban. Um, No coach under Saban has beaten him in the national title game. Kirby Smart was one of the ones that a lot of people thought that he was going to do it. No, Clemson Clem- the only team that really did it. Yeah. Clemson, uh, with, well, Deshaun Watson did it. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, 
Kirby Smart, I do believe this year will give the SEC the run for their money. Oh, he, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, Alabama might just go ahead and win the SEC West again. Um, we are at 52 minutes on this sports take this time. We did. I think we did. This is a phenomenal job. We, yeah, this was great. Um, talking sports, baby. Sports. You got to love it. It was it was something that you and me have both have been waiting on for over a week. Yes. Um, I loved every minute of it. I enjoyed it. Enjoy, uh, we re- look, 52 minutes. Wouldn't even known, you know. It just kept exactly. I thought I thought we we're gonna do a thirty-minute sports take, and then it turns into damn near an hour. The whole show. Um, I don't know if there's anything else you want to add. Nothing. This um, free. I mean, next week we'll have more material with the NBA back, and you'll have we'll have. Yeah. Uh, you, I think just starting to get into uh, the combine and stuff, so that'd be good. Right. Um, we have NBA next week. We have plenty of NBA. Oh, let's give a shout out to the women's college, uh, women's Olympic hockey team. Beating I was going to say that exact same thing because that right there, the U.S. women's hockey, I had one hell of an Olympic game. I mean, straight out. Oh, without a doubt. Um, I'm going to throw this in there about since we're into the Olympics, the curlers, the curling, men's curling, Kirstie Alley calls their sport boring. Um, curling to me, don't get me wrong, it's not the best Olympic sport out there. Um, but it's got a U.S. It's United States, period. Right, exactly. I mean, you're, you're going to see the top, you know, the top people play in the Olympics. You're going to see the USA win gold. You're going to see the USA win silver, bronze, or not place at all. The fact of the matter is, is that your country is playing in the Olympics, and for someone to sit there and say that your sport is boring, as far as Kirstie Alley is concerned, I don't really believe I've seen a movie that I've enjoyed of hers. I, son, I know she was still at a career. Yeah, I, I mean, my son loves watching uh, Look Who's Talking. Oh, don't get me wrong. I grew up on that. I grew up on that. I know, but you're, you're, yeah, I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that movie. But maybe not because of Kirstie Alley. I, I'm a John Travolta fan. Right, and Bruce Willis did a phenomenal job. Exactly. I mean, when you when you watch shows like that, you don't really look at Kirstie Alley. You look at someone like John Travolta, Bruce Willis doing a voiceover of a kid and doing a hell of a job. And what does Kirstie Alley bring you? 20 years later down the road, she's going to bring you Slim Fast commercials. <laughs> That's she's it. Not, I mean, she wasn't really... To me, she wasn't the best actress. Not a lot of her movies are very well known. You're going to see the Olympics every single year. Exactly. So I, so Christy Ali, you get the donkey of the week. 
<laughs> so that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna we're gonna call the we're gonna get a donkey of the week every segment that we do on Sports Take. And uh, Alan, it was a hell of a time this time. I believe we crushed it a hell of a lot more than we did last time. Sean, we definitely did a great job. Next week we'll we'll do a pre-show meeting and we'll get it all together and we'll crush it again even more. We'll bat out the park. That that'll work for me. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add. No, you got everyone. Take care of yourself, man. Have a blessed week. Have a great week. You do the same thing. This is Sean with Eight Bit Barstool with Al Topic of Off the Meds Radio covering all the topics. Literally and. Yeah, I mean, we, we've covered everything damn near almost today. And, uh, Alan, it was a hell of a time recording with you. Yes, and I'll see you all. And, uh, you know that. We'll be talking all week long. Absolutely. Hey, and, buddy, uh, thank you for your loyal support for listening in. I try to listen as much as I can, but I'm so busy at work and everything. But, well, you be prepared because when you get that new update, it's probably not going to be so fun. Yeah. But the fact is, the fact is, is that we're able to sit here and still call into our stations. We're still able to, you know, add each other into our segments, which is still a plus. Yeah. I love talking with you. Um, and, uh, hey, once again, Thursday, every week, you're going to get a sports take from 8 Bit Barstool. And off the meds radio. Sean, see you next week, buddy. You too. Have a good one. You too. See ya.